Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. And today we are going to do a bit of a deadline preview. Um, we know the trade deadline's about a month away or so, but we figured we'd look ahead and see what teams uh, should be selling or buying or staying put when it comes to the deadline. So what we've done is we've grouped them into six categories. We have teams who should be trying to sell off everything they can, teams who should probably be trying to just sell off a couple pieces if they can and the deal's right, teams who should probably just stay put, teams who could buy a couple pieces if the deal's right, and people who should be looking to really add to their roster because they could have a legit chance of winning the cup. And then the sixth group is teams we have no idea what they should do or what they are going to do. Um, so let's start with the hard sell teams, I guess. Uh, we figured we we're going to group a couple of these together so we can group LA and Chicago together pretty easily here as two teams most people expected to be bad but are probably a little worse than they thought. Maybe the Devils too in this, and Devils not quite to the same extreme, but um, these guys are pretty obviously sellers. Yeah, sell your UFAs. Exactly. Um, and with LA and Chicago especially, I mean, they're in a tough spot because they're trying to rebuild, but they have a lot of long, big, old contracts. It's tough. I think, what team would you rather take over right now? Of those three? Of those two, L.A. and Chicago. Oh, I was going to say New Jersey without even blinking, but uh, uh, we did this in the summer. I forget who I said, but I think Chicago. I would probably go with that, too. I mean, I'm just looking at L.A. right now. It's pieces he can sell off, Carl Hagelin and Nate Thompson, if you can find a destination for him, and then Oscar Fattenberg, if you really want to, on the back end. Yeah, it's not even like either of these teams have a ton to sell no. either. Jake Muzzin has been a potential topic. Yeah, he's, he, been, he's had up. a real good season at four million. He could be a real good steal for a team looking to make a huge playoff acquisition. Yeah, he's got two years left. Yeah, right? he's got this year and next year at four million, and then he's a UFA. Yeah, like I, you're not gonna flip Dion for enough, I don't think again. No, I don't think. I mean, maybe I didn't think a team would be <laughs> dumb enough to bite on that for a first or second time, but here we are. Yeah. Alec Martinez is three years at $4 million. And then the other guys that are upper RFAs, you know, Alex Ifalo, Adrian Kempe, Brandon Leipzig. I mean, Martinez was on Custance's trade bait list thing. So there's actually there's a chance he gets moved. Yeah, well, and they might need to free up some salary if they have to. Because, I mean, right now they have 90 k in cap space. and That's rough for yeah. a team right in the basement. I mean, Kempe and Ifalo, I don't know if they're going to cost a ton, but they are going to cost some money. So, yeah, yeah, I don't, and then, you know, you look at Chicago, um, we can browse their cap-friendly page real quick. They've got Marcus Kruger and Chris Kunitz, you could maybe find a home to as depth pieces. Yeah. Kruger especially, I, I think, more than Kunitz. If you retain on Kruger, I bet you you could probably get some team yeah. to fall in love with him for a third-round pick or something like that. Same with uh, someone I really want the Leafs to look into is Eric Gustafson on Chicago. Yeah, oh yeah, we'll get to him in a second. I forgot Chris Kunis has a full no-move clause for some reason. <laughs> so does Cam Ward, yeah, isn't he? Yes, so those two might not move. Yeah, and then on the blue line, you have Eric Gustafson, who has this year and next year at $1.2 million, and has really become that a top-pair defenseman for Chicago anyways, along with uh, Duncan Keith, who still has been struggling this year. But yeah, like that would be, they sold uh, Michael Kempney to the Capitals last year, and that ended up being a huge deadline acquisition. That's exactly who I was going to bring up as Gustafson's like, top comparable. Yeah, and they were on a pair last year, I believe. Yeah, both crushed it in super easy minutes, and now they seem to survive when they get slowly moved up the lineup. So, 
Yeah, I don't know if, if that. Yeah, like, I guess you probably could sell off if you're Chicago. You need to get some assets back for some of these guys. They just picked up Slater Cuckoo. Uh, maybe they'll try and give him some NHL minutes. Uh, Henry Yokoharu is back from the World Junior, so he'll probably be taking some minutes again. And you're not moving Seabrook. I, like, that's an unmovable contract, I would say. I would hope so. From a no move clause to just not being able to get a find a suitor. Connor Murphy, they probably don't want to move him. Yeah, if you just gave up, well, not just, but after trading Hallmerson for him, I'm not sure you really want to be turning around and dumping him. Yeah, and then at the bottom of the lineup, they got a bunch, a couple RFAs. I doubt they'll move. Um, yeah, trade your old players if you can, basically. Yeah, I see. And that by old players, Marcus Kruger is about it right now, and Chris Kunitz if he waves. I don't know why he wouldn't. Maybe yeah. he really like Chicago, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it depends. Maybe he just wants to end his career in Chicago for some reason. I don't know. I, I would assume if you sent him to a legit cup contender or someone he thought he could make a difference with, he would probably wave. I would think so. I can't imagine it's too much fun playing on a, on a bottom-tier team. Um, we'll quickly go to Ottawa, the Rangers, and the Devils. There isn't The, the Rangers and the Devils fit pretty well here. In The Rangers said they are going to be bad. Most people figured the Devils would be pretty bad. Again, maybe not quite to the extent that they are, but I think if you were looking at their results last year, you could kind of see how that could come Kate cratering down to earth again. Yeah, they were last year's PDO team. Um, Again, for like these are different from L.A. and Chicago in the fact that they do actually have pieces that they could sell. Um, yeah, between Johansson, Hayes, and Zuccarello, those, all three of those players are better than every, like individually are better than everyone in Chicago and L.A. could sell combined. Yeah, and then as you, far look, as pending UFAs go. you look at the Devils, they got Marcus Johansson. I mean, maybe you don't want to move him, but if you get the right price at 28 years old, he could fetch a pretty good yeah. return. Uh, Brian Boyle, I'm sure we'll probably get a media, uh, mid-round pick as a fourth center. Yep. Um, and you got a second two years ago. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Drew Stafford, I mean, you might get a late pick. He got a late pick last year, I believe. Ben Lovejoy, yeah. same kind of thing. Um, you have a bunch of guys here who you can move, and you still got... The Devils don't have a young team, uh, especially not as young as I th- you know, you'd think they would be. Um, but at the same time, they don't have any super long, bad contracts, really. No, it's not like there's any impending doom coming. No, the, the, the longest contract they have is Damian Severson, and that's four years, four million, five years, four million. So it's not a bad deal. No, not at all. Um, Keith Kincaid is a UFA at the end of this year. Um, you really have to decide what you want to do with him in terms of with Schneider struggling so much. Do you want to keep him? Mackenzie Blackwood's up finally, and I think he's been playing okay. I, I can't remember, but I do remember... I can't remember completely, but I do remember people mentioning that he had been okay when he first got called up. Yeah, he has been pretty good. So, um... Representing Elmira. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know. These are two teams that I think they're in a better place to sell than yeah. Chicago and L.A. And Yeah, they have people you can imagine someone giving up real assets for. Yeah. Um, let's go to the big one, Ottawa. So this is an interesting one because at the same time, like... You just if you're Ottawa, you pretty much just have to bite that you you're giving the Colorado probably a top three, maybe a top five pick. Yep. Um, and you probably so I would sell Matt Deshane. I would. Yes. I'm on the team that they probably shouldn't resign him. I know team fans want them to, so the the deal doesn't look so bad. But I think it'd look worse if you sign him to an eight year deal because you have to, and then it looks like the Bobby Ryan deal in a couple years. Exactly. And people might think that's extreme, but if you give Matt Duchesne $9 million. He's already been declining year by year from when he was elite at 23 years old. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get much better. 
Um, players generally don't no. get better at age 27. Um, so, like, I don't know why it would be a big surprise to see in three, four years that contract looks real ugly. Yeah. When Right when Ottawa probably should be finally starting to turn the corner and turn it around again. Yeah. And I would think you could get a haul for him. Yeah, I mean, relatively speaking, I don't think you're going to get what Colorado got for him, no. but... You could probably you you would at least get a first round pick back and probably a decent prospect with them. Yeah, like if you're uh, able to turn your mind off and forget completely about what you gave up to get them. Yeah, you can get a nice little package in return. For and them. then the other big one is Mark Stone. Um, I, you have to trade Mark Stone if he said he's not resigning. Yeah. So the reports say that he's pretty much got a week or two before he's got to decide if he wants to resign or not, um, or before Ottawa is going to start looking for trade rumors or uh, suitors. You need to get something back from Mark Stone if he's not resigning. You cannot just lose him for nothing at the free agency. Yeah, when you're a rebuilding team, letting a top, what, five winner yeah. in the league walk, is that'd be pretty hard to yeah. stomach. Yeah, and I mean, that'll be tough. I, I think it's going to get really, really ugly if they actually do have to trade Mark Stone. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the only reasons the team is watchable some nights. I mean, on this road trip, they were missing Colin White, Matt Duchesne, Thomas Shabbat, and Craig Anderson. And Mark Stone just kind of lugged the team around with, yeah. you know, the other three lines. Um, other guys, Ryan Dezingle's another one. Um, I would probably re-sign him if you can, just to have a talent on the roster. you got to pay someone. But. Um, but if he says he doesn't want to come back, again, that's a guy. I mean, maybe if you do know Mark Stone's coming back, maybe you trade Ryan Dezingle. Because I think, you know, he's really, he's really brought it on this year. I think he could get at least a second-round pick, a couple picks, maybe... A late first for a team that's desperate enough. Yeah. Like Edmonton, we'll get to them. But And he's relatively young, so you could probably get like a conditional one on he resigns yeah. with the team or whatever. Exactly. Too. And I mean, so I don't think either way you go with the Zingle, I don't think it's a horrible move. If no. you resign him, probably do a four-year deal. I don't think that'll be too bad either. Yeah. Uh, you got guys like uh, Magnus Payarvi and... Uh, you know, that's maybe it. Mark Did Bonwecki. you hear CC might be on the move? Yes, so that's the other one. Yeah, Cody, they've been open to trading Cody CC. It's very Ottawa-like to just let a guy's value tank to absolutely nothing. <laughs> Although I will say, I think CC's value maybe has, I don't want to say got to what it used to be. It'll never be Taylor Hall or Jonathan Drouin <laughs> level again. One. But at the same time, like last year, people were talking about how they wouldn't get anything from now. I don't know do if that's the case anymore. Do you think that's ever been true? I feel like teams. I feel like a few teams probably would value him higher than we do. Yeah, maybe. But like when analysts are coming out and saying, "Yeah, I don't know how much he'd actually get." Yeah, fair enough. But I, I feel like that's probably switched now. I mean, maybe I'm just going off the way perception used to be more than I should be. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Because I guess he's 25. He's not nearly as young as he used to be either. No, and I mean, the team's just been so bad this year that it hasn't been him being bad on a fine team. Yeah. Or, like, a, a team with Eric Carlson on it that is really stuck out. Yeah, it's not like his Corsi Rell's bad playing behind Eric Carlson yeah. anymore. It's it's just bad. Yeah, he's just getting caved in. Yeah. I mean, Mark Borwecki's making the second most on this decor. How pathetic. Isn't Phaneuf making the second most on the decor? Probably. What'd they retain? Yeah, they did. 1.75, yep. Justin Falk. I, you might get a seventh from a team who really needs something. Yeah, That's you, about it. I can do it. I doubt you'll find a suitor for Craig Anderson. No, he's struggled this year. Same with Ben Harper. Same with Mark Borwacki. Yeah, I mean, they got so they have a couple of real big names that they'll have to think about moving. Uh, Stone, you have to move if he says he's not resigning. I think you should move to Shane no matter what. Eh. Yeah. Dezingle, if you get a good enough deal, you should. 
And or if he wants insane amounts of money. Yeah. I haven't heard his ask. but No, I don't think he hasn't asked yet. They're going to talk in a little bit. And uh, Cody CC, I think he definitely should move. Um, pretty much at this point, getting any asset back for him is going to be a plus to the team. Pretty big, uh, yeah. He's one of the worst regular defensemen out there. I just I can't put it any more simply than that. Yeah, uh, We're probably stretching on. Yeah, 12 minutes already. All right, we'll go through St. Louis and Philly real quick. They're in the same boat as where they thought they were going to be good this year. And they turned out to be bad. Literally everyone thought they were going to be good. Yep. Um, or maybe not quite everyone. St. Louis, they need to rebound next year because they don't. Have, they won't have a first-round pick next year, though I'm assuming they'll probably give up, or they'll keep their first round this year, give their first next year to Buffalo. Who do you trade here? I don't think going full fire sale on this roster is the right idea. No, we, uh, we never did touch on this here, but when they brought up trading Tarasenko and stuff, I don't think that's the move. No, I don't either. I mean... Maybe if you think Tarasenko's going to con- continue a downward trend at 27, maybe. maybe but like both. even at 7.5, I kind of see it. I find it hard to believe that Tarasenko won't be worth 7.5 for at least three or four more years. Yeah, and the thing with St. Louis if, is if Tarasenko really starts playing so bad, he's the like then you're screwed anyways. Yeah, like like I don't think selling low on him is. I don't like. Yeah, I don't know if giving up Petrie like if you get a insane package for Petrangelo, you do it, but it's just giving up Petrangelo. That's not going to make your team better in any way next year. Like, I don't know. Yeah, the odds of them trading Petrangelo and getting better next year are very, very low. I think Maroon will go. Shen might be a possibility. Yeah, they did bring up Shen. He, that seems weird to me because St. Louis seemed to get way more out of him at 5-on-5 than Philly ever did, but yeah, if they really want to move him, then... It's not like he's a franchise player. No, I mean, Shen, if you really do want to make just make a move, Shen's the type of guy you probably do move. Um, like a middle roster type player. Probably you could, some you could get him. some assets back for him and just hope a shakeup moves thing around. Uh, for Philly, the big one's Wayne Simmons. You absolutely should be selling him. Yep. Uh, I think we've talked about it on the podcast, so that's kind of a ticking time bomb to just... He's already stopped being as great. Ryan Lambert put out an article today, and it was pretty much if... Simmons is the diamond of the trade uh, trade deadline, then that shows the thinking of 200 hockey men. And I, d- I didn't get to read the whole article, but it was pretty much he's not the best player out there, and it's yeah. also not you're going to pay way too much for him um, for what he has been and what he will be. So Simmons, Laterra maybe. God, I don't know if anyone takes Laterra at almost 5 mil. If you, yeah, you take 50. Yeah, fair enough. I guess at the deadline pretty much yeah. everyone trains half. Um, Michael Raffle for a depth piece. Yeah, I don't think either of these two teams are magically bad. Like, I wouldn't start making rash moves that will dramatically affect your future here. Just no, I would agree with that. UFAs. Yeah. Um. Then we'll go to teams who are low sell. These I feel like uh, we'll go Detroit and Arizona. Detroit just doesn't have much to sell off. Yeah. I mean, I, we could have put them in the same spot as LA and Chicago. They just don't have much to sell off, and they've got Nyquist. And yeah. And so we figured we t- we weren't even going to touch on them too much. You know, if someone takes Vanek at 1.5, if you retain half, maybe. Yeah, they have Vanek and Nyquist, but they both have no trade clauses, so I don't even know if we it's really worth our time to go yeah. super in-depth. Uh, Arizona, we said low sell because this is just obviously not the year they wanted. They have, I think, six guys who could be out for the, the year, and, like, key guys as well. Like, anti-rant is part yeah. of that. Um, uh, who did they just trade for from Chicago? I'm blanking. Oh, Nick Schmaltz? Yeah, Nick Schmaltz. He might be done for the year. Or he's out for a couple weeks. Grabner might be out for the year. Dvorak might be out for the year. Brad Richardson. Demers is constantly De- or currently yeah. on IR. Demers might be out for the year. Um, 
that's just that's horrible. Yeah, I, I mean, you just you don't really have much of an option than to just maybe sell. You know, panic and wheel. They, they just want. bought wheel. I mean, yeah. Maybe they keep them. Maybe they don't. I don't mm-hmm. know. Same thing as uh, Philly and St. Louis. I don't think these guys are in some position where they have to be dramatically shaking the core or anything. No, I don't think so either. Maybe see if he can sell Jordan Austral. Yeah. Just try and get a few assets back and hope next year goes better. I mean, this year was more just bad luck than anything, and they're still battling. They're still about four points out of a playoff spot at the time of recording. Yeah, so they're still pretty decent. Yeah. Um, draft picks are always a good thing. Exactly. Uh, Vancouver and New York Islanders, two teams in pretty much the same boat. Uh, we put them in the... Uh, sell maybe a few key pieces or uh, one or two pieces off, and that's pretty much because they're ahead of their rebuild. They're not going to make any noise in the playoffs if they do get in. If they do get in, great, but you shouldn't be looking to just make playoffs this year. You should be thinking about the future. The long term. Yeah, and selling a few pieces. And uh, Vancouver has definitely talked about that. Um, Del Zotto was one. He's not playing too much in Vancouver, and they're... You know, they, they might be looking for one. That was always a weird match. Interesting enough, Goldobin's another one. Uh, he got benched last night, and there's been a lot of talk that he might be on his way out. The fans don't really seem to like Goldobin. No, um, which is weird. I mean, he seems like a fine enough player. Everyone complains about it. It's a classic, like, uh, Nylander gets this too. They post how many goals he scores, which isn't very many because he's a passer, and then go, yeah. how, what do you mean this guy's good? He only scores X amount of goals. It's like, well, when passing's your thing you tend to not score at elite levels but yeah um for the islanders i mean they have some big decisions i doubt anyone's taking phil Pula. maybe you can get someone to bite on kunak he's no move <laughs> um on the back end lucas sabiza yeah maybe uh speaking of players better than wayne simmons i would say at the top here is where it's really gonna you have to figure out what you're doing with jordan everly if you're the islanders yep he is a very good player. i would think they should sell him Yes, I don't think you can let him walk. No, oh, you definitely can't let him walk. If he, the, the question is, do you resign him or sell him? If you have the option to do either, yeah, it depends what he wants, I guess. But yeah, Everly is like a legit first line winger. Yeah. you can't let that walk. No. if you're a fringe playoff team. Absolutely not. And just looking at the way this team's going, I mean, Trotz has done wonders for them. His system of, yep. you know, I, I mean, and they have gotten better as the year gone on. They started the year just like thirtieth and thirty first in X goals and Corsi and. You looked at it, you're okay, this is not going to continue, but they've creeped up to at least 20th or so. Like, yeah. they're, they're at least closer to the average now, to the yeah. point where a strong system is kind of why they can be a bit better than their results may suggest they should be. Yeah, it really looked like they were going to be this year's PDO team. Or whatever, yeah, but and they, I mean, in a way, they still kind of are. I yeah. Mean, you have Robin really Leonard bad. riding an eight-game win streak where he's got like a 940 or something in it, and Grice right. has been outstanding as well. Laner's a UFA. The goalie market's always pretty soft. Yeah. But... I had heard someone saying they should sign Laner to a five-year deal. I was like, what are you... No. Seems a tad bold. Yeah. Yeah, Eberle's the big one. Uh, Brock Nelson and Anders Lee are also up. Anders Lee's the captain. I could see him staying on a long-term deal. Yeah, if he's the captain, it wouldn't shock me that he stays. Yeah, but again, both of those guys are kind of guys, if they say they want out, you should probably look at trading them. Yeah, I wouldn't really want to get married to either of them long-term. No, not... No. Um, Yeah, Eberle's the one... The big one, and it all depends on their asks, really. Brock Nielsen reminds me of Kevin Hayes in the sense that some people are really, really high on him, and I never understood why. Did he play with Tavares for a couple of years? I think he's a, he's their center right now, but he might have. It was mainly Lee that played with Tavares, but... Like, I had Nielsen as a bottom six player last year. I've never really had him as, like, a first-line 
He should never had him as a third liner of the year 45 before. 45 points is his career high. I mean, it's nothing special. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, like, if he wants like a six-year deal or something, I would be very comfortable walking away from him and yeah. just seeing what you can get at the deadline. Yeah, no. But those those two teams are pretty much, uh, you should probably sell off a piece or two if you have to, or if the, you know, the guys you can't let walk. You should be comfortable with doing that because you got to be thinking about your long-term future. The goal shouldn't be able to, to squeak into an eight seed this year, get blown out by the one seed, or uh, miss the playoffs by two points, and then you have your three free agents walk in the summer or something like that. Yeah, both these teams should be aiming to win when Barzell and Pedersen are in their primes, not rookie and sophomore years. Yeah, and then so three teams we had just staying put are Colorado, Florida, and Buffalo. I just, like, we just kind of put them in stay put because... I mean, for Florida, they're starting to work their way back up the standings again. They had, once again, an awful start. And you saw at the end of last year, they went off on a huge tear and missed the playoffs by one single point yeah. after having just one of the worst starts in franchise history. It'd be funny if something like that happened again. Yeah. I could actually see it happening, too. For me, like I could see any all three of these teams um, being put on the low sellers list. Yeah, it's uh, not like Florida's ripe Flo- with great pending UFAs. No. So. Florida, I would maybe even put on the buy low list, if anywhere. Colorado, I think they shouldn't be buying this deadline. It's either stay put or sell low. Yeah, I don't think Colorado's special team. No, I mean, the one thing that for a team like Colorado is it is going to be a buyer's market, is what Freeman's predict- predicting this year, which makes sense. I mean, we're looking at the teams who are hard selling. We we estimate there should be seven teams, yep. maybe more, hard selling their roster off, and that's, that's a lot for common years, right? Yeah, like, that is a lot. There's a lot of teams near the bottom, so... And- Colorado kind of gets to play with house money where they can go on a playoff run, but then say they miss by two points, and and then most teams, when they do that, they're picking 14th, and that's kind of the worst place to be. But Colorado gets a top-five pick whether they miss by two points, make it, yeah. whatever. So. And, I mean, so the reason I put maybe Colorado and by low is if you can find a depth piece that you can keep going forward as depth scoring, that could be nice. Agreed. Um, but for Colorado, it really has to be the perfect deal. You, you shouldn't be just throwing away your third-round pick just to get a guy for the rest of the year or whatever, right? Like you, yeah, to beef up the fourth. Like yeah. You don't want to be making the Brian Boyle trade if no. you're Colorado. No, you're looking at a guy with maybe two or three years left of term or even a guy you know is going to want to resign with you short-term yeah, uh, for a second or third line or a fourth line even just to get some scoring. And then Buffalo, and then Buffalo they're... Play with house money. Yeah, in a way. I, I They're on their way up, and that's what you want to see. They need to keep improving their team. Yeah. They got three first-round, well, maybe two first-round picks and one next, next year or two next year, including their own. Uh, they have San Jose's for sure. That'll probably be, you think, a mid to late 20s pick. They have their own. That'll be a teens pick probably. Somewhere and St. Louis, who you figure they'll probably keep their pick this year unless they go on a huge run. Um, Do you trade Skinner? If he's asking 11, 10 or eleven million, I would. Um, it depends. Like I would yeah. suck if they had to turn around and trade him. Yeah, I mean, and for Skinner, like I wouldn't. I don't know. Like if It'll I'm be- Jeff Skinner, you're not going to play with a better line mate. I don't think than Eichel in terms of someone getting the puck to you. Probably not. Um, like, like the- but I mean, I guess you use that as your career year to go to market and demand as much money as he can. I mean, yeah, fair enough to him. It's very dependent on what Skinner wants. Yeah, or... I mean, if he wants money, then yeah, go to the free market, and then maybe Buffalo does have to trade him. If not, you're not going to find a better passing line mate than Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel, yeah, like that line's been killing it. Oh they yeah, might have to trade two thirds of them. That sucks. I forgot Skinner was up this year. Yeah, I I don't know I. Depends what he's asking. Uh, you definitely don't give Jeff Skinner double-digit numbers. No. 
or even if you want eight, nine, nine million dollars or, nine, or yeah, whatever. Like seven seven and a half is probably the cap I'd go at, and that's just because I know he can score goals. I would think Kane is his comparable, like Evander Kane from yeah. last year, right? Yeah, that'd be fair, I think. Yeah. Um, It'd be tough. It'll be uh, very big for Buffalo not to fall in love with Skinner after these yeah, 40 but, games or yeah. whatever and then sign him for eight years on a contract that you end up regretting. Yeah, I mean, he's 26, so... He's not super old, at least. No, but, but you don't want to give him big money. He's just, it's just obvious that he's not a huge, huge money player. Like, he's not the one driving the results on that line. So. No, he's not the Sabres' best forward. No. Don't pay him like he is. Um, The only other thing I see with the Sabres, if you could sell Rasmus Ristolainen to someone who still thinks he's a very valuable defenseman, I would do that. Um, There's got to be someone out there that values him pretty highly, too. Forget who put the chart out today. Ryan Stimson. Yeah, about the uh, the two Rasmus, pretty much. Yeah, the tail of two Rasmus. Yeah, it was Deline versus Ristolainen, and Deline looked real good in everything, and Ristolainen looked real not good in everything. Yeah, a classic. Um, yeah, here it is. I mean, Ristolainen's, he's around the 50th percentile for shot contributions and zone entries. Zone exits are horrible, and entry defense is horrible. I feel like you could probably still get good value for him. I'd be surprised if no one in the league has like, yeah. any value in him. I don't think you should just be trading him just to trade him. I mean, he is still a useful NHL defender in his own right. He's probably a little overpaid, but... Yeah, he's definitely overpaid. It's but... not like it's the worst contract in the world and you do need NHL-caliber defensemen. So, yeah, I don't know. Like He's one... Him and Skinner are probably the two... But if you don't end up doing anything, I don't think it's the end of the world as long as Skinner doesn't walk for nothing. Agreed. But yeah, I, I think I'd put them and stay put. Uh, for buy low, we have four teams in it as well. Um, we'll start with the big one. Let's leave it for last. Okay. I would say Minnesota and Dallas. Uh, I put them in buy low just because I don't, they're not the best two teams in their division. They could stay put too. Yeah, they could be stay put. I think for them, by buy low, I mean just add a fourth liner or a third liner or something. You shouldn't. These two teams, I don't. It's tough because I don't. I say they shouldn't be going to make a big splash because I don't think one big splash would do it enough for either of these teams. No, I don't think so. And but at the same time, like you look at a team like Minnesota, how many more years does this team have to contend or even, you know, try and make playoffs? Really, like is it this time? is uh, aren't they like one of if not the oldest teams in the league? Yeah, yeah, I think it's them in L.A. And Dumba's done. Yeah, he's out for the year. And that sucks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, they're a team that they're they're right on the playoff bubble. They're they're within a few teams in the in the West that are are right there. I don't know. I just said if if I did see them or same with Dallas. I mean, I don't think Dallas. Neither of these teams. I don't think if they buy uh, even a big addition, I don't think they're going to be good enough to match the two big teams in their division of Winnipeg and Nashville. And frankly, I don't even think that'd be enough to match Calgary, Vegas, or San Jose on the other side. I don't think so. Like, even a big accusation probably makes these guys 5th, 6th, or 7th or so in their division. If you're Minnesota and someone offers you a first-round pick and a decent prospect for Eric Stahl, do you take it? Yes. Okay. Yes, probably. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I, I would have a hard time turning that down. Me too. I yeah they they could be again stay put sell low yeah I I if they want to try and you know make a little bit of a deadline run a few third liners maybe just try and get some more scoring depth or something like that yeah um, buy a guy with two years left something along yeah those lines. and same with Dallas I mean they could supply horseshit uh, <laughs> Sagan and Ben with some scoring depth uh, they they picked up Andrew Cogliano today 
for yesterday from the Anaheim Ducks. I like that trade. I, I, I did too. Um, Tragliano is pretty good. Yeah. He's I'm, not like a god. Or no, anything. it's not a needle mover by any means, but I mean, any any minor trade is still a solid trade. If yeah, you, like, you know, like. If you told me these teams want or were interested in Chris Kreider because he had like two years left or something, I'd be like, that's reasonable. Yeah, exactly. Um, but instead of going for like a Panarin or something no, on the top yeah. of the list. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really have much more to say that. Yeah, they got, they got him for Nick Shore. I would rather have Cogliano than Shore, Me so too. that's good. Um, for Dallas. So yeah. A little bit of depth behind Sagan uh, and Ben. Maybe you make one or two more of those kind of moves. Um, and then you see if you can maybe upset a team in the playoffs. Uh, the, the, yeah. the big thing for Dallas is, I mean, they're either going to be third and have to play one of Winnipeg or Nashville, or they're going to be in a wild card and either have to play the other of Winnipeg or Nashville or Calgary, San Jose, or Vegas. Which sucks. Yeah, and I don't really like any of those. I mean, I'd rather, if I'm them, I'd rather go to the wild card and meet a Pacific team than Nashville or Winnipeg. Yes. Um, but even then, I mean, I don't think the three Pacific teams are all that bad at all. No, and like San Jose has been the best, one of the best Corsi teams all year and stuff. I can totally imagine a scenario in which they catch fire going into the playoffs and absolutely nobody wants to play them. Yeah. And then that's your first round matchup if one of Dallas or uh, Minnesota makes the playoffs. Um, if I'm Dallas, I think <clears throat> uh, I'm calling Chicago for defenseman. For Gustafson? Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that, that kick. Roman Pollock off of the line, or even Connor Carrick. I mean, I would kick Pollock off first, but even having both of Pollock and Carrick on your defense core on your NHL roster, not ideal. If uh, Carrick started getting scratched over Roman Pollock again, that'd be pretty funny. I think he was for a little bit. I don't know if he yeah, has I think been told to that this yeah. year. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. They're low buyers. Uh, Montreal, I said buy low because uh, to me this is house, house money. Yeah, I didn't expect them to be nearly this good. No, they're clearly still the third, fourth best team in their division. Yeah, and they um, don't really have anything to sell. No, um, I don't. I don't know why you I, like. You should be at least trying for the playoffs this year if you're Montreal. Um, there's no point in trying to tank now. I, I did see some people who said they should, but you could if you want. Like, I think you're better off just you know getting playoff experience for some of your young guys um, and drafting with your. Yeah, 16th or 17th overall pick and making sure you, they still got guys coming out. Ryan Poling. Uh, Caught Kenny. I mean, he's been real good yeah, for a teenager in the NHL. He, if he and if he gets some uh, playoff experience, Victor Mete could have some playoff experience. That'd be good for him, too. Yeah. I mean, even just the the push for the, the, the deadline there. I mean, yeah, like, I don't I don't know. I just put them on the buy low because I don't. Yeah. They're, they're clearly the fourth best team in their division, and uh, but I don't see a point in really selling off a whole bunch of this yeah. roster to tank. Well, yeah, like I said, it's not even like they can't. Well, no. It can't. You could sell anyone you wanted, but it's not like they have a ton of pending UFAs. No. They, yeah, it's not like they have anyone to really fire sale on, no. but it's like if you want to give guys a term, you could. Yeah, but like if they got a fourth-round pick for Jordy Ben. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, here's the big one in this one is Edmonton. This comes with a huge <laughs> asterisk. I think they should trade Yessi Pugliarvi and their first-round pick. For Cody Sheesey. It's my opinion. I think Nikita Zaitsev's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a rumor came out today. Uh, in case you just have not been paying attention to hockey lately, about a week or two ago, Edmonton Oilers acquired Brandon Manning from the Chicago Blackhawks for Drake Kajula. They also acquired Alex Petrovic from the Florida Panthers. 
effectively somehow making their defense core worse. Uh, that was good enough for that was... Chirelli. <laughs> and now he's ready to go look at the, the forwards because suddenly they need scoring depth. I mean, who could have saw that when you trade away Hall and Eberle? Eberle, the pick for Barzell, Drake Kajula. Like, the, I just I don't even know what to say. So I'm going to read. Let me find it. I'm going to read the full rumor. The best is they traded Eberle for Strom, Strom for Spooner, and then they tried to sell Spooner, but nobody wanted him. Yeah. How do you turn Jordan Eberle into something that nobody wants and cost you $3 million for the next two years? Edmonton. Peter Shirelli. So this is from Ryan Rashog at TSN, uh, an Oilers insider. Oilers organization, organization, wow, sorry. Oilers organization is on a full court press to find help at forward. Scouts and staff deployed en masse. Cap situation could make it tough, but a first round pick, a goaltender, maybe a young developing forward likely all in play. And young developing forward almost certainly means Pugliarvi. Yes. Given what else we've heard at this point. Yeah. So Pugliarvi, their first round pick, and Cam Talbot is the, the name I saw floated out there. Uh, Cam Talbot's the only acceptable like, yeah. piece to move for out of that. Like, what are you doing? Because you know, like, What are you doing? It's the Oilers' first round pick, so you know they're winning the lottery if they make yeah, the like, So... I'm so torn on this. If you, because if it was any other GM, you know what? I would honestly probably say if you could find the right guy to get a first round pick who has more than a year left, maybe move, getting your using your first round pick as a bubble team isn't the worst idea. You use your first round pick, you get in the playoffs, you got Connor McDavid and a legit like Taylor Hall for a first round pick or something like that. Yeah. If a GM would ever be dumb enough to do that, like then you would actually say, okay, we got some depth. Maybe we could either. We're going to be in the first round for sure, or we could even make it to the second round, upset a team, right? Yeah. I don't trust Peter Shirelli to use the first round pick. No, he's shown us time and time again his player evaluation is makes him the guy you don't want trading a first round pick. Jesse Pugliarvi, what are you doing? There's yeah. no way you were going to get a player that is that much more value for Jesse Pugliarvi that is going to be worth it to trade him right now. Yeah, so Pugliarvi's kind of like struggled as a teenager in the NHL, but so I'll pull up some of his comparables that I have based off my model. So his top one's Elias Lindholm. I don't. He's nothing special. Next one we got Alexander Barkov. Also wasn't great as a 19 year old. Burakovsky, Bolivier, Drouin, that Tyler Sagan guy's all right. <laughs> Nolan Patrick, Gelchenyuk. Then you get in. There's Curtis Lazar and Yakupov and guys like that in there too. But I mean, you skip down. You skip past Monahan, Pierre Luc Dubois, and yeah. Eli Ehlers. Like there's a lot more good names than bad. Yeah. And, like if you're good enough to play in the NHL. At, as a teenager and not get completely filled in, the success rate is very high. And even the chance of you being a superstar is much higher than you might think. Couturier, Aho. Come on. Come on. God. Like, I'm so torn between wanting to see Connor McDavid succeed at some point in his life. And just seeing Peter Shirelli <laughs> just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yep. All of Edmonton's problems are because of Shirelli at this point. It's not like he walked into a bad situation. He walked into a team with tons of cap space who was just about to draft Connor freaking McDavid. <laughs> and he turned that into a team who was cap-struck. Still doesn't have a defense core, and now doesn't have anything for forwards after Connor McDavid. Even Leon Dreisaitl can't play without Connor McDavid. <laughs> that was the best. Uh, did, 
this is a while ago now, but do you remember the Dom Lucision article, like the alternate universe of the Oilers? Yeah. With uh, So he took the Oilers team based on his model with and without Peter Shirelli, so undoing the haul for Larson and the Everlay trades and not signing Chris Russell, I think. And Lucic. And Lucic, yeah. So then he had them as the best offensive team in the league, which probably shouldn't surprise anyone, one of the better teams all around in the entire league. And uh, the kicker was, he said, oh, what about the salary cap? Yeah, this team's cheaper than the other one, or this current team would have been. I mean, you look at the salaries, and Hall's due for a payday, I think, after next season. Yeah. Um, But he's only making six. Obviously, Everly's due for a payday this season, but he's not making much either. He's making six. That's Lucic. Yeah, like, and you keep those guys around, maybe Everly takes a discount. To stay and play with Connor McDavid. Maybe Hall takes a bit of a discount. To stay and play with Connor freaking McDavid. (laughs) But no, now you have Adam Larson. And I'm like, I feel bad for Adam Larson because I think he gets underrated because of who he, like the trade. It's not his fault. You see that happen a lot. There was a big pushback with Shea Weber when he got traded for Subban. Like Shea Weber's never not been a number one defenseman. He was just never PK's Exactly. You just look at this blue line. Like Chris Russell, I mean, they have... uh, Cleft bomb hurt. But they're talking about trading him. Like, are you kidding me? If they trade, oh, Cleft bomb's another one. <laughs> they trade either of Cleft bomb or Poyarvi. They're almost as certainly a disastrous move. I just I ask so often, how does Chiarelli have a job? I have no idea. How many times do you have to see this guy just make a mistake? Go, oh no, I'll fix it here, and make it worse somehow. Like it's it's so infuriating because like. I don't like Edmonton. I don't dislike Edmonton. I do love Connor McDavid, and I want to see him succeed. So maybe, I don't know, I, like, I enjoy watching Chirelli save his ass just enough by getting someone like Koskinen that he can keep his job for three more years. It's hilarious to watch. Maybe I want this because maybe at the end of the day, this will make uh, Connor McDavid go, screw this, I'm getting out of here. I doubt it will because I'm assuming if it comes down to Peter Chirelli or Connor McDavid... Peter Shirelli would be the one who's gone? I would think so. You never know. I would hope so, actually. (laughs) I don't know. I don't understand anything Edmonton does, and I would not pretend to be able to predict them. Like, if uh, they said they wanted to sell a goalie, that would be fine. Yeah. If someone falls in love with the 20... I'll get 31. Oh, or, yeah. 23 games of Miko Koskinen, if someone's super convinced he's a great goalie after that, then... Yeah, 29 year or 30 year old Koskinen. Like, yeah, then all the power to you if that's who you want to sell. Same with 31 year old Talbot if someone thinks they really need him. But. Yeah. But then you got you still have to figure out what you're going to do for goaltending next year. Yeah. And if you can dump Chase on when he's after shooting it, yes. like 30%, you probably look pretty smart there. Yeah. I don't think he will, but that's a story for a different time. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the buy high. We're almost at the 40 minute mark already, and we still got a bunch of teams. Let's group these into divisions. Uh, I'm going to start with the Metro. Uh, so we had Washington and Pittsburgh in the Metro. I think pretty obvious. Both teams that are starting to get Washington for sure. Pittsburgh, I think, is going to get near to their end, end of the window. end of their window. They may as well go for it. For Washington, you got Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, Pittsburgh. You have Crosby, Malkin, Kessel. You know, you, you may as well. Yep. If buy. there's a move out there, go for it. Yeah. You don't need to. I mean, neither of these teams really need to break the bank if they don't have no. to. But at the same time, like we saw Broussard 
last year for the Pens. That was yeah. He struggled, but I mean, in theory, that was a good move. Um, yeah, and the Caps have pretty much the same team they did last year. If you want to tell me they felt confident taking that in the playoffs again, I would have a really hard time arguing with that. Yeah, I mean, I would go, okay, good luck. I don't think it'll work, but you I know what? Like, I don't really blame you either. No, I would disagree with it, but also not really yeah. argue like passionately against it. Exactly. Like um, for Pittsburgh, I think I'd look at the defense core. Yeah, agreed. Um, Gustafson would be huge in Pittsburgh. That's yeah. a move I really like. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the Capitals, maybe scoring depth. Maybe some defense. They, like, depth is more for the Capitals, I think, than anything else, really. Yeah, the Capitals' top pair has kind of struggled this year with, like, Orlov and Niskanen, but you kind of just have to hope they figure it out. You're yeah, not... you don't really have much to buy a top yeah. pair in defense. Like, you're not that. buying a top pair, yeah, right-handed defenseman to replace Matt Niskanen right now. No. Um Okay, let's switch to the West. I'm going to save the one division in the East because it's the big one. Uh, let's go with the Central Jets, Predators. Again, both two, I figure we'll see them in the second round, unfortunately. Maybe it's yeah. better because there'll be lack of injuries at that point. But uh, both of those teams, I think, got to be buyers. Yeah, everyone um, knows they're good. Yep. Uh, I don't think that's controversial. Uh, Left-handed Na- defenseman for Winnipeg. And Nashville forwards. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much all I got on both of those guys. I don't think we really need to touch yeah. too much. They're very good. If they if you told me the prices are way too high and it scared them, they didn't want to mortgage anything Fair enough. wild, then I would, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I think, yeah. Uh, Calgary, San Jose, Vegas. I had these three as buy high. I could see Vegas, maybe not, or even Calgary. I think San Jose is probably going to have to go for it because this is really the last year of their window, I would say. I don't think Carlson's going to resign with them. No. I think this team's going to look real. Thornton's not going to be back next year, which maybe isn't as big of a loss as people think, but Pavelski might not be back next year. Um, and if he is, he's gonna, you're going to go over some huge cap numbers here. So Yeah, this team's real old, but still very good this year, so I think you kind of got to go this for This is the year you go done. for it. If you're Calgary and Vegas, you probably want to go for it, but at the same time, I could, I could see why they wouldn't want to make a massive move considering there's... Three other real, three to four other really good teams in this division. Yeah, um, Calgary got younger with the Lindholm and uh, Hannafin swap for Hamilton and Furland, so takes a little bit of the pressure off. Yeah, uh, James Neal contract's not looking good. No, uh, that contract sucks. A lot sooner than I think even we thought. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe you look at something on the defensive end, but Anderson and Kylington are both up. Maybe just go with them. Yeah, I'd, I'd be okay I, with that. Yeah, like, I'd be fine with that. Give them some experience in the playoffs. Yep. Like, I mean, you can't really argue with that. Giordano's having a bomb year. I posted today I could see him being the guy who's due for the Norris this year, and I don't think it would be the worst decision as of right now. No, he's a fair... Yeah, I haven't looked at all the official, like, all the numbers yet this year, but, I mean, from what I've seen, Giordano has been one of the top three or four defensemen in the league, so it wouldn't be sometimes like a Brent Burns year where it's just he got the push because of offensive numbers or Doughty because... Just because. Just because he's Drew Doughty and <laughs> yeah. hadn't won it before. That being said, I could see, yeah, Giordano because he's yeah. never won it before. Well, yeah, and that's what I mean. So I think that that'd be the mainstream medium push, but I think they'd probably get it right for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I do find it funny that, like, whenever there's, like, the Giordano-Hamilton pairing last year, everyone was in such a race to say one of the two of them was driving the pair when... It kind of just looks like they were two really good <laughs> hockey players who played together. Yep. Vegas... I don't think they need to make a huge move. They're kind of like Washington, where it's like, are you going to argue if they go, yeah, prices were real high, so we figure it's better to just ride this roster in the playoffs instead of giving a first, second, third up for Thomas Tatar. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they, yeah, I wouldn't blame them at all for that. They got a ton of picks to play with if they yeah. do want to. I would say they're probably my fifth favorite team out of the West to come out. Five. Who? I would put San Jose, Calgary, Wash, or Washington, Winnipeg, and Nashville all ahead of them. Yeah, that's fair. In that order, or random order. Well, it'd be like Winnipeg, Nashville. Okay. I was wondering if no, you yeah. meant San Jose. No, no, no. Yeah, so like I don't know. Like, I could you told me they added a depth player for. A yeah, like that's yeah. Like. They could maybe be on buy low or you know. But those are all teams that I think if there's the right player to buy high there, you buy high because yeah. they do have a legitimate chance at making it out. Like if I said any of those five teams made it out of the West, I wouldn't. Would you be surprised? No, not at all. No, like yeah, like if. Panarin does end up on the market, and you think you can get him, then. Yeah. Or something along those lines, and you um, can't make a splash. How much time we got? We're at 45 minutes. We still have six teams, so we'll go through this division real quick. Boston, Toronto, Tampa are the last three for our buy high. Tampa's obvious. Yep. Best team we've seen in years in terms of points. Um, yep. They're on record to set, or they're on pace to set records. Like, I was going to say, are they the best team of our lifetime? I can't remember too many better in terms of full season dominance like we've seen like this before. Yeah. I mean that Penn's post coaching switch yeah, was the insane. Post mics are But even then they, they didn't put up like insane points. They just they were, controlled play. Yeah, they were the Corsi gods. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. Like this is a really good team. I the thing about this team is I don't even know maybe defensive help. Yeah. If you, you don't need help on forward, I don't think. No. Like you could use a fourth liner or whatever. Like that never hurts to just have a Definitely spare guy else. sitting around. But I mean, you look at even the guys, like, when guys go down this year, they've had guys step up from the minors mm-hmm. and play well. So, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, maybe you look for a second or third pair defenseman uh, to help. You know, Sergachev, uh, you got Hedman, but he, you got Hedman, McDonough, Girardi, which, yeah. I mean, Girardi's not good, but he, he can get logged around by a player, at least, and he's been better in Tampa. Yeah, or if you want to double one or third pair or whatever. It's, exactly. Strawman, Sergachev, Cernak. Like, you don't need to bump any of those guys out if you don't want to. No. You're set in goaltending with Vasilevsky and Domingue. That's a fine one, too. I mean, yeah. you obviously can ride Vasilevsky in the playoffs, but Domingue's been great when he's had to be this year as well. Yeah, uh, and Tampa, like, uh, everyone loves Tampa because they're offensive juggernauts, but they also make it life really, really easy on their goaltenders. Well, so this is the thing. When Vasilevsky had the all-star nod, the thing was, oh, it's hard to argue with that. It's like, well... I could argue with that you pretty could easily. Argue with it quite easily. Louis Domingue's been better in his spot because playing against the same great number, great team. Yeah, because they're such I mean, a good. When you look team. at goal saved above average, Vasilevsky is just average. Yeah, isn't he like slightly negative I, on his career? Yeah, on his career, he is. This year, I think he's around like zero point two or something like that. Like he's, or you know, like he's like the fourteenth best goalie. And I mean, put stock in that as you want. I mean, you still need a goalie to make the stops, but. I would bet that he's he's riding his team a lot more than his oh, team's yeah. riding him. Yeah, you can see it like the hockey biz. He maps and yeah. stuff. It's pretty obvious. Um, yeah, yeah, they're I, a good team. I don't think they need to. Uh, I mean, they can make a huge deadline acquisition. If they really, if they can find the, the the space to make it work, and they want to, but that'd be so unfair to the rest of the league. <laughs> they, Tampa Bay got yeah, better. They really like. Imagine Panarin somehow lands in Tampa Bay. That would be hilarious. Just um, kidding. As a Leafs fan, that would suck, but. Yeah, no, I guess we'll go, uh, let's go Boston. Um, I just put Boston here because they're they're still a really good team. And again, they're definitely, I think, the third most likely to make it out of the Atlantic. But there still is a solid chance, if we're being honest. Um, yeah, like if you told me they beat the Leafs in seven games or yeah. whatever, like I'd totally believe that. And, and then you could, anything you know, the luck bounces for Tampa, Tampa, you know, like uh, 
I don't know. I think they would have the most adding to do out of any team, but that being said, they're still an insanely good team, and they've been very injured this year, yeah. and we haven't even seen them at full strength yet. They're finally getting their bodies back, and it's showing. They're gaining on... They passed Buffalo. They're gaining on the Leafs again, so... Yeah, they're a good team, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they would have the most adding to do or the most reason to do it. Their team's getting older, too. There's only so long you can get Bergeron playing at the elite level he is, Marchand at the elite level he is, uh... David Backus even being a two slash three C, I think there's so long before that drops off. Same with Krejci. Like I would argue Backus in your top six is a pretty bad sign. Like at the moment, I mean, I, you got Donato and Heinen and DeBrusque that are all coming up, and they've been they've been solid as well. But yeah, I don't know. Like this is a good team. Uh, yeah. I put them in the buy because there's really no reason that they should be staying put right now. Yeah, or pa- selling Pasternak and McAvoy aside, your good players are old, so yeah, you're only gonna have so much longer to go for it. You might as well. Yeah, and then Toronto. Uh, this is obviously the biggest one. It's clear that they should trade their first round pick for Wayne Simmons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a Suns fan, I would love that. Um, defense, right defense, right defense. That's yeah, right defense. Like how. Nick Jensen, I feel like, is the move. Yeah. Like, move Dermot to his strong, or his weak side. Have him lose a couple percentage when it comes to Corsi and yeah. suck it up. Because it can't be worse than Ron, Ron Ainsley on your first on pair. Like, yeah, that's a funny thing, though. I think it was like five shots or something. You have to be better than five shots per hour yeah. <laughs> to justify moving a player to their offside in front of someone. and. Dermot's like 18 shots per hour or something ridiculous better than Zaitsev. So yeah, like, like, yeah, right defenseman. It doesn't need to be a big Nick no. Jensen, as you said. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I've seen a float of the Toronto's going to do something massive. I think if you're expecting that over the deadline, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, I think a big move would be a summer thing. I don't even know if they'll do that. But if you, like, how often do you really truly see a team just do something huge no, at the deadline? Like astronomical, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, even like... I'm like, trying to think of big deadline rentals. Panarin might be the biggest one we've seen in a while. Yeah, if they do sell Panarin, he will be the biggest one I can think of in a while. Maybe we're missing someone, but... It's been slowing down the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, Mark Pizik, totally yeah. outside. There you go. Yeah. He's been beating <laughs> that drum for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Right defenseman. I, Pizik's I think. got two years left, so yeah. that's really nice. And uh, we said this in the summer. The Leafs don't really need an elite right-handed defenseman. They need a warm body who yep. doesn't suck. They need an average second-pair defenseman yeah. to play on their first pair and play with McCorn and Riley. Yeah, and Nick Jensen and Mark Pissick are both slightly above-average right-handed defensemen that you could probably get for cheap. So Yeah, um, it, it, I think you're. it doesn't make much sense for Toronto to acquire a winger. If they got a left winger like Michael Furland, I'd be okay with that. Because, like, I think when people say they need to get tougher, it's generally a stupid argument. But if you got functional toughness... I guess, ...on yeah. the left wing, that'd be all right. The problem I have is, you know Patrick Milo's not playing fourth line. He's no. going to be in the top nine for sure. Hyman's not coming Hyman's down. Hyman's probably not coming down. You don't want to bump Andreas Janssen down. No. So that leaves Connor Brown. Like, like if... Uh, it would, and, yeah. and even Connor Brown, I have a hard time seeing him go out of the lineup. Unless no, he's I, going the other way, maybe. He's not coming out of the lineup, I wouldn't think. No, like, unless he's... Connor Brown's part of the return, you give... Yeah, Brown. I could see that, but, I guess. I, uh, yeah, I don't see... It would come down to Babcock being able to put Marlowe on the fourth line, yeah, in my opinion. And I, I don't think there's a chance in hell that happens, but... Yeah. So, I, right D is obviously where you got to upgrade here. Um, that's about it. Uh, so, yeah. we have three teams here that we have no idea what's going to happen. 
I'll say Anaheim first. Um, I said that they should either be staying put or maybe buying low. The team is old. They don't have much longer to go for it, really. Yeah, with, I mean, like, Getzlav's going to be falling off. You know, Perry's gonna... already hit his yeah. cliff. He's hurt right now, is he not? Yeah, but the thing is, they've been selling. I mean, they just sold Cogliano. There's a rumor out there that Silverberg's going to be the next to go, and maybe you look to, maybe they're looking to trade, but, uh, I mean, I, I I don't see a way you trade Silverberg without truly selling on him. Like, Yeah, he feels like a... Like he, you trade him for a draft pick, kind yeah. Of thing. So I don't really know what they're gonna do. Um, yeah, Kessler's hit his cliff already. Yep. He's one point one thirty nine yep. games. Carolina, another team where I could see them staying put, buying low, or Furlan they want to sell because they're not gonna be able to resign him. So I said I have no idea. Their like whole team is not under contract next year. They have a lot to do. They have Williams, Terrible. Okay, let's go UFAs. Martinuke, Furlan, Williams, McKegg, whatever, and then anything on the defensive side? Yep. No. And then both goalies, Mrazek and McElhaney. And then RFAs, they have Teravainen, what? Saku <laughs> Menelenen? I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that Sebastian name. Aho, which is a big one, Brock McGinn, and Clark Bishop. So, like, they have two, four, six, eight, ten, about 10 or 11 guys they need to resign. Two or three of them are big, and then Justin Williams is their captain as well. Yeah. Basically, just Aho and Teravine and signing long term yeah. is your top um, priority. Yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, they're pushing back in. They're only four or five points out of a playoff spot. They're back in the race. I mean. Yeah, they kind of remind me of like Buffalo, where you can only sell for so long. Like at some point, yeah, you kind of. Exactly. Like, like you got to try to be good at. Their fans deserve so. two playoff games, two home playoff <laughs> yeah. games, at the very least. I mean, I'm all for trying to maximize assets if you know you're not going to win, but at the same time, like, it, this is a business. You do need to keep your fans entertained. Yeah. But <sighs> then, like, I do get the argument of selling Furland if he wants astronomical amounts of money. Oh, yeah, so. and they've made it clear that they're not just going to lose him for nothing, and yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. So, But maybe, again, like, I think you try, you should try and get a roster player back, like Connor Brown or something like that. Yeah, uh, and then Connor player. Brown plus, obviously. It's yes. not just Connor Brown, but that way you get a roster player that'll still help your team, and then you maybe also get a pick or something that, that'll that help you in the future. Yeah, I um, agree. That's all I think you can really do at this point. And maybe maybe sell one of your five defensemen. I wouldn't make it Dougie Hamilton. I would make it Justin Falk. But... Yeah, I would really hope it's not Dougie Hamilton <laughs> if that's what they're doing, but... Yeah, I mean... God, I don't know anymore. The Calvin DeHaan signing still just doesn't make a ton of sense for me. No, on this team. I mean, I like obviously, the market for Don. Yeah, like if you can train them, that's fine, and, and like you want to sign as much talent as you can. But like, you have five top four defensemen probably on your team, and then you also TVR, uh, Jake Beans in the minors. Yeah, um, TVR is pretty good too. Yeah, like he's a solid third pairing. He's like, a guy I could see the Leafs looking at actually. Yeah, just a a function a warm body to play on the right side. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, and the last one, big one. Columbus Blue, Jack- Blue Jackets. What would you do? Ignoring what we heard about Borowski this week, we'll get to that in a couple minutes. What would you do if everything was good, you just had to choose to go for it or not go for it? I think they are a good enough team you owe it to yourself to go for it. Especially because they haven't won a playoff series ever. Yeah. I would probably go for it. Now, like I, when do you think the next time this team will be this good is? Not for a while. No, it doesn't seem like that. Even if so. they keep Panarin, the problem is they're losing Bobrovsky. And yeah. I know Bobrovsky hasn't been great this year, but 
goaltending's been down in general, and Corpus Allo hasn't been great this year either. Yeah, like, losing Bobrovsky makes your team worse. Like, I, I know he's been having a down year, but... I wouldn't re-sign Bobrovsky necessarily, but at the same time, like... Yeah, like, sometimes you have to let players go. I just don't know what the market for him's going to be. What team out there is going to be looking, yeah, we should spend a ton of assets on Bobrovsky? Especially since the price contract looks so bad already. Exactly! Like... I could see Calgary maybe wanting to not go into the playoffs with Dave Riddich and Mike Smith, but I don't think Calgary should be wanting to give up a ton of assets. Yeah, there's never really been like a big market for goalies at the deadline. No. You know, James Reimer went for like a fourth round pick or whatever when he had like a 920. Well, yeah, it's just like look at all the teams that are cup contenders. They have their start, and there's a reason that they're cup contenders. <laughs> yes, you need a goalie to win hockey games in this league, so good teams are usually not looking for goalies. Exactly. And so, yeah, I. I could have understood Columbus just kind of going for it. Panarin's still not out of the market. He wants to go to the free agency. He's made that clear. But Columbus will be one of his teams, by the sounds of it, to be in talks with free yeah. agency. And hey, maybe a big playoff run persuades him to stay. More yeah, than one and of... you know, it doesn't seem like he hates the city at all. He just wants to see what he can get, and that's fair enough. Yeah, that's Bobrovsky, right. on the other hand, uh, had a fight with Torts, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, he was suspended for a game by the team. Uh, even if he doesn't get moved at the deadline, I think... He's gone, obviously, at the end of the year. Um, and I don't know. It's tough because, like, he's talented. There is something to be said about locker room tangibles. If you had a guy who's fighting with your coaching staff, that probably doesn't look good for the rest of your locker room. No. Do didn't. you want him to be keeping around in your most important stretch of the year? I, I don't know. Did he not uh, get undressed mid-game? Yeah, so he got pulled, went to the room. They came back saying, hey, we still need you to play because, you know, what if our Corpus Allo gets hurt, but he had been undressed by that time, so they played the game without a backup goalie. Which is pretty bold. Yeah, very, very bold. And then, so I think he got in a screaming match with Tortorella about it. Yeah, Torch doesn't seem like the type of guy that would take that lightly. No. Um, yeah, and so, like, that's on, obviously you get frustrated, but that's on Bobrovsky as well. Yeah. Fully on Bobrovsky as well. 30-year-old in the NHL. You need to understand. I know it's yeah. frustrating. I know you haven't had the best year. It's probably been hard listening to, oh, what's going to happen to Bobrovsky? But, I mean, come on. I'm sure all he's heard is how much money he's been lighting on fire. So yeah. So I like, definitely see why he'd be super frustrated. But, but come on. you got to use your head. Yeah. Heat of the moment. Made yeah. a huge mistake. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I don't know. This It's tough. I don't know. So, if you're buying, what do you buy for this team? Forward depth? Well, that's what I would probably say. Maybe something for your second or third pair, like a cheap guy. There are only two UFAs for Bobrovsky and Panarin. That sucks. And then Morensky's up as well. Oh, yeah. He's going to get a nice little. Yeah, Ryan Murray's up too. Scott Harrington. I mean, that's not going to be as much. But, yeah. I... This is a crappy spot to be in. It really is. It's tough no matter what you do here. Like, I'm on team... Go for it, but man, letting like if Panarin just walks away, if you Panarin lose, and Bobrovsky just walk away, that'd be so hard to stomach. Yeah, especially for like, especially if you lose in the first round. Mm-hmm. Imagine they get Pittsburgh in the first round; they get swept lose. or even lose in six or seven. And they're maybe I'll talk, I'm talking myself out of this, but they should not be the favorite against Pittsburgh. No, <laughs> I would say they could be a favorite against the Washington Capitals if Pittsburgh ends up taking the division lead. Possibly, yeah. Or against the wild card team if they ended up taking the division lead, I could see them being the favorites in. Canadians or the Islanders at this point. Agreed. But if they play the Penguins, I don't think they'll be the favorites. No. Pittsburgh's goal differential is 20 goals better, but they're behind them in the standings. Yeah, because they just had a horrible <laughs> start. Like, yeah. Yeah, and like, Pittsburgh is 
the pretty big favorite against Columbus, I would think. Yeah, I would say so too. So God, maybe I would, maybe I'm talking myself out of them going for it, but yeah, I think I you just gotta have to. I don't, I don't want to say there's not a wrong idea because using hindsight, there will obviously be a wrong <laughs> idea. I think at the time though, I don't. That's why it's such a crappy spot, is because you know, no matter what the conversation is now. Say they get bounced in the first round, even if literally everyone's saying you guys go for them, be like, can you believe these idiots let Panarin yeah. and Bobrovsky walk and they got nothing? They're either going to look like geniuses or just get ripped on. Yeah, and I mean, and I if they win two rounds, they might look, be like, okay, that's understandable. If they win the cup, they would be like, yeah, the genius, right? Like, yeah, this, yeah, because but if they get bounced in the first, if they get swept in the first round, God forbid. You go, what are you doing? What are you doing? And But everyone right now could be saying, why would you trade Panarin and Bobrovsky? This is the best team you've had. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's tough. It's it, tough. Like, if they look like geniuses or absolutely idiotic, comes down to, like, a slightly weighted coin flipping. That would be a horrible place to be in. Yeah, I don't uh, envy their GM. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. Oh, this is a pretty long episode. I think we probably wrap it up now. Yeah, that sounds about good. That's all I got. Uh as always, follow us on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff at CMHockey66. You can find my work at lastwordonhockey.com. I will have two rumor articles coming out a week until the trade deadline comes out. Um, and we will have rumor articles updated daily along with other content on every other team in the league. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter. You can find our podcast, any podcast listening app. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you guys next week.